KBBI's Morning News is supported by the Homer Foundation. The Homer Foundation is a community foundation with giving solutions that match what you care about. Your gift can support all nonprofits in our area, including the communities of Nanilchik, Anchor Point, Homer, Catchmack City, Seldovia, Port Graham, Nanwalik, and the entire southern Kenai Peninsula. Since 1991, the Homer Foundation has given over $4 million in grants and scholarships. To find out more, visit homerfoundation.org or call 907-235-0541. Good morning. This is KBBI Homer AM 890 and K201 AO Seward 88.1 FM. And today is Thursday, February 9th. I'm Simon Lopez with this morning's news. A group of fiber artists on the central Kenai Peninsula have been hosting weekly gatherings since the fall to share their skills with newcomers as crafts like knitting and crocheting become more popular among a new generation of makers. KDLL's Sabine Pooks went to one of the gatherings and has this story. Linda Price says she was just about ready to chop her spinning wheel into kindling when she first tried her hand at spinning yarn from her Angora goats in the 1970s. Then she joined a guild in her then-home state of Michigan, where she learned from other fiber artists how to work with mohair and turn it into yarn, also picking up knitting skills along the way from a friend. And now she and a group of Kenai Peninsula fiber artists are hoping to pass that knowledge on to other budding makers through the Fireweed Fiber Guild. Like I've been, dying, I've been doing this stuff for 37 years, but there's people that want to get into it and don't know where to start, and that's where we come in. The Guild hosts monthly Saturday meetings and special weekly workshops every Thursday, which they call The Gatherings, at an empty retail space in Soldatna. Those workshops are chances to learn new fiber-related skills like spinning, wool sorting, and wool dyeing. There's a lot to cover because there are a lot of different elements to fiber art, says Nancy Field with The Guild. She says it means something different to everyone. For me, it's uh, fiber arts for doing practical gifts for my grandkids, or or I just love to spin, actually. I love to do that more than knitting. And it always surprises me still when people say, oh, I really like that. Really? I had so much fun doing that. How can you like it? It was just so much fun for me to do it. At the last few meetings, they've experimented with different kinds of dyes. A big notepad in the corner of the room lists chemical formulas from last week's workshop when they made their own. Another week, they dyed with Kool-Aid. This week, Field is trying out commercial dyes on a mix of llama hair from her own herd and wool from another local farm. I'm just using leftover dye baths, and I added a little bit of uh, aqua to it. A batch of already dyed wool dries on a rack nearby, sporting a spectrum of blue hues. Field's young granddaughter, Olivia, looks on. So we'll just let that cook for a little bit and see what happens. It's always a surprise. Price says fiber art is something she wasn't able to impart onto her kids. She says they didn't really have any interest. (laughs) I'd like somebody to learn it. Yeah, Yeah. and I I lend out my, I have like 14 spinning wheels, so if somebody's interested, they can come and try them out and take one home if they want. If it's portable enough, some of mine you wouldn't be taking home. But, um, you know, I lend them out and sell them off and on. She says fiber arts are having a bit of a renaissance today. She thinks young people are appreciating it more, which she sees in the growing membership of the guild itself. 
And even though she says learning from another person is still the best thing, she says novices can find most of what they need online on YouTube. I guess it's not, I don't even know the term, like backwoodsy anymore. You know, I think it's evolved into um, more of things that people are really open to in the community now. Price says the renewed interest is validating. And to view fiber arts as a craft, a real craft, not just a little hobby. It's a craft that you learn and you gain skills in. For her, those skills were hard fought. There was a learning curve at the beginning. She laughs remembering how when she was first learning to knit in the 70s, she'd buy yarn from the store, not realizing her herd of Angora goats out back could be used for the same purpose. And it wasn't easy learning how to raise the goats either. She had an entire herd die on her her first year. But she says there are farmers and fiber artists on the peninsula who have skills they want to pass down, so others don't make those same mistakes. We, we like to be the teachers, of, and we like young peoples to come up, not just us 100-year-old people. But Field says it's also yeah. nice to have companionship you and a place get to together get together. Because I would be doing this at home, but it's sure more, much more fun to have it, right. a couple other people join you. And Price and Field say gatherings are open to anyone who's interested, no matter their skill level or medium. They meet every Thursday at 5 at the building behind State Farm and Cabin Fever Creations on Kenai Avenue in Soldatna. In Soldatna, I'm Sabine Pooks. South Peninsula Haven House is seeking volunteer coaches and participants for its program, Girls on the Run. The Homer-based nonprofit supports those impacted by domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse. It's participated in the international running program for nearly a decade. Marcy Gray is program coordinator for the local Girls on the Run program. She says their aim is to teach girls grades 3 to 5 confidence and leadership skills, as well as the connection between healthy bodies and minds. What we do is we get out and we bring girls together and we have a fun environment in which we inspire girls to be joyful, healthy, and confident using a fun, experience-based curriculum, which creatively integrates running and physical education into it. Gray says during the 10-week program, they hope to teach young girls how to understand and speak up for themselves. They also hope the girls learn what healthy relationships look like. She says last year, 20 girls signed up in Homer. The first year she ran it, in 2020, there were only six. What's amazing to me these days is how much kids have going on in their lives. Wow. It's a lot to compete with between violin lessons and ballet lessons and all the different things kids are doing. Having a twice-a-week commitment for 10 weeks is a huge accomplishment. While there are a number of locations throughout Alaska that offer the Girls on the Run program, Homer is the only community on the Kenai Peninsula. Gray says kids and coaches don't necessarily have to like or know how to run to participate. That's something that will naturally come out of the 10-week course. This season starts on February 27th with practice on Mondays and Wednesdays after school at West Homer Elementary from 3 to 4.30. Halfway through the 10-week session, the season, the girls will run a practice marathon. Then at the end of the program, they'll run a 5K with family and friends. In this 5K, you don't have to run the whole thing. You can walk, run it. You can skip and run it or skip and walk it. If you happen to be in a wheelchair, you're going to be rolling it. 
So just because you don't have a love or knowledge of running, that's no reason to not join in. The important part is mentoring these girls and giving them role models and connections that will make a difference in their lives. More than 2 million girls in the U.S. and Canada have participated in the Girls on the Run program. To find out more and sign up, you can visit girlsontherun.org. This is KBBI Homer AM 890 and K201 AO Seward 88.1 FM.